Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. No matter how much research you do before diving into something new, you will make mistakes. I can basically guarantee it. Now, personally, I've never made any mistakes. <laughs> so, to disprove what I just said, and to help all of you avoid all the mistakes that I made, we're going to take a deep dive look at the first musical theater song I ever wrote. It's going to be ugly. Let's do it. The year was 2008. I was between junior and senior years of college. I was kind of bored during the day and doing West Side Story at night. And so I took four weeks during that run and I wrote this score. The show was an adaptation of a play I admired as per Hammerstein's advice to a young Sondheim. And that play was Streetcar Named Desire. Was it a good choice? Eh. It was an excellent exercise for me to learn as I went through the process, but would it make an actually good musical to put on stage? Mm, probably not. Tessie Williams' plays tend to be quite a bit heightened already, and so to add music into it would only increase the drama. I mean, The Simpsons even did an entire episode about this, parroting a streetcar musical, which I did not know at the time that I did this. The song is called Stella for Star, which I will say up front is a good title and hook because it is a theme throughout the play. Blanche calls her sister Stella for Star, particularly in the moments where she's wishing her sister was more like the girl she knew when she was growing up. The song moment that called for me to write, and I repeat, my first musical theater song ever was the moment where Blanche is alone on the staircase right after the big Stella scene. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it is very famous, it is excellent. That movie's great. Marlon Brando, y'all. Fun fact! The BMI Musical Theater Writing Workshop uses that exact placement in this show for one of their song assignments, so I guess it couldn't have been too bad of a choice, huh? Of course, I didn't actually know this at the time that I wrote the song, or even know that BMI existed yet. Okay, I know I made an entire video about the feedback process that I like to use, but I will not be using that today for the sake of all of you learning from my mistakes. We will also cover the good today as well, though, because we can learn from that too. Okay, here we go. I'd like to start out by saying, first and foremost, this is in verse chorus form. Um, that's because I did not know about 32 bar chorus form at that point, so I'll forgive myself for that. The song opens with this motif. Now in bar five and six there, that is terrible voice leading. I could fix that by just simply keeping the D flat here, keeping the B flat here, and then that wouldn't sound quite so clunky, moving downward. Before I even sing through the next section, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and show you that the right hand here is a little too aggressive if you can hear these little punctuations up top. What are we doing here? Is it the 60s? Is this a rock musical? No, not at all. This is actually mostly rooted in jazz, the score. The weird choice on my part. But here is the actual verse. Little sister, fragile sister, do not go back to that inhuman beast of a man. He's a Pollock. What good? 
Clint a Pollock. You deserve better. You deserve more than Stanley. He doesn't care for you. Not the way that I do. Return to me, to your family, to Belrive. And then we move into the chorus. Okay, a few things in here. Number one, uh, please forgive my use of the word Pollock. My ancestors are probably turning over in their graves, but that's taken directly out of the play, and I utilized it. Book was eaten, turned into lyrics. Now, I, I make the choice here to rhyme man with Stan of Stanley. Is it forgivable? I don't know. It doesn't feel weird on my ear, but it's wrong. It's, it's not a good thing to do. That is not a perfect rhyme, right? But the way that sits, do not go back to that inhuman beast of a man. And then that whole, you deserve better, you deserve more than Stanley. It does feel a little clunky. And the last thing I'll say about the verse at this point is that that last chord, that F major second, just feels a little out of, uh, out of character for the rest of the sound of the song. It's like, that is a big major lift right there. And we're about to go into a different form of minor. Might be forgivable. All right, I'm done teasing. Let's do the chorus. So we just did that. We have Stella, Stella for star. You've gone and left only far too far. shall we? Um, first and foremost, you've gone and left. That's redundant. Only far too far. What does that mean? What is, what is the only there for? I feel like I was trying to just say, you've gone far too far, and then I had more notes. Don't be like me. The remainder of the chorus, not too shabby. It's pretty simple, it does what it wants to do, it's got that major minor clash in there, which is a theme throughout the show, so I'm not gonna pick that apart too much right now. Verse two. So, we end it here. Then we get, how can you love such an animal, a brute, a monster? Giving to instinct only to receive a bruise. What happened to our dreams? The bell reeve dreams. White gloves and afternoon tea. There was aristocracy in the air back then. There were soft and gentle men, but when? Second chorus. Alright, let's look at that. So let's begin with the fact that verse 2 changes the verse melody a little bit. We go down right away into that giving to instinct only to receive a bruise. And then also after the bell reeve dreams, gentlemen in tailcoats. That's the first time that we've gotten that C natural in the verse, at least in the melody. And all of those changes for why? I don't know. They certainly don't seem to have intention behind it. And in my notes, I couldn't find any.
Ooh. Now also in the first verse, we kind of set up this repeating lyric thing. Little sister, fragile sister. Then he's a Pollock, or gets a Pollock, right? We're doing that thing. In this next verse, we don't right away. How can you love such an animal, a brute, a monster? Those are three different words. We do bring it back with what happened to our dreams, the bell reef dreams, but why did we skip it in the first half of the verse? We had a thing going. Michael, you dropped the thing. All right, let's talk about the big crime here, which is uh, the huge misaccent that is the word aristocracy. Also, like, what kind of a jerk face uses the word aristocracy in a song? That is a tough word to just slide into a song. But uh, especially when you do it like this, there was aristocracy. That is not how that word is spoken. So why are we singing it like that? It's actually very difficult to understand, right? There was aristocracy in the air. What? What? Michael. And then the last thing I'll say about this verse is uh, our little hanging claws at the end here. Have that. There were soft and gentle men, but when? If that's a question, then it's just sitting there. And it is. It is not the start of a new sentence because we go back into the word Stella after that. What does but when mean? I wish I could ask my younger self. All right, second chorus. Leading us to the end of the song. Stella, Stella don't start. I can no longer reach you. You've fallen too far. that you could see who you are. Stella for star. Stella for star. Okay, I mean, is it okay to change a word like star to start? Right, Stella don't start. Sure, if I delivered on that promise, but I did not. I went to a rhyme word for star. <laughs> You've fallen too far, Michael. And then even though that ending is pretty and meant to be nice and high and light sounding, that Stella up there, that is officially too big of a range. We're talking about the uh, A3 up to the F5, that is over an octave and a half of a range, and that is probably a bit too much, especially because Blanche was written to be a low mezzo. Whoops. Okay, now there's plenty of good going on in this song as well. I had pretty good instincts for someone who barely had done research on how to write musical theater and then was uh, trying to do it. And since there are some lovely instinctual choices in this song, we should go over what those are and those could be helpful to you as well. I already mentioned those repeating words in the verses and when I actually did them, they worked. They helped ground our ear a little bit and pull the thread that is the lyric of the verses through. Even though there's that weird hammering of the ba, ba, ba in the right hand during the verses, the running 16th notes, they do seem to mirror her anxiety that she's feeling in this moment, and that works pretty well. And then if you contrast that with the almost languid descending crunch that is the chorus, gives a very different feeling between those two moments. And Blanche does have this kind of like 
double personality sort of thing going on where she's feeling one thing big and then she's on the complete other side also feeling that big. And it does happen right here in the music. I also have to say that I really like the lilt in the melody of the chorus. Stella, Stella for star. That kind of sigh that it, that it gives there. Also, it kind of gives that like fallen star quality, which I believe from what I remember was on purpose, but who can say? This was a long time ago. Also, so going toward her instability between these these couple of ideas here, a lot of this song is in minor, but those major lifts at the end of the verse after this. Something about that kind of says she's not quite stable. And then <laughs> that chord that I all right, I know I already bashed the beginning of the second verse for not having that repetition moment, but I will say there's something smart in having, how can you love such an animal, a brute, a monster? Because it's equating animal to brute to monster, right? She talks a lot about the animal instincts of Stanley and his friends, but then taking that and immediately bringing it all the way to the idea of monster, that extreme, this early in the show allows her to kind of take that and run with it throughout the piece. So, it might be okay. I also really like the next line, this idea of giving to instinct only to receive a bruise. Not, not the domestic abuse, I don't like that. But the giving versus receiving all within one line, it's a decent little lyric. Also, I have to say, as someone who knows the play well still, I did a pretty good job of eating the book to create these lyrics. Like, a lot of this is grounded in what Blanche actually says in the play. All right, and then one more little thing. At the end of the second verse there, when she sings, there were soft and gentle men. Not only is that a play on the word gentleman, but also it's a reference to her late husband who was a gentle man, particularly an effeminate man, particularly a gay man. Spoiler. And then there's a double meaning in the who you are at the end of the chorus. The first who you are is a reference to who Blanche thinks Stella is at her core. The second who you are, I wish you could see who you are, is a reference to who Stella is now. I think that's kind of cool. All right, so at the end of the day, for a song that is a soliloquy and also a partial character establishment song, though it should fully be a character establishment song because the first thing she sings in the show, it's not too bad. Not great, but not too bad, right? So should I have written this adaptation? I don't know, probably not, but I'm not too mad about it though. I learned so much by doing this. The big thing I really wish I had known was what a 32 bar chorus was because that would have changed how I wrote pretty much this entire piece, not just this song. But if you are unsure what a 32 bar chorus is and you wanna learn all about that, you can watch this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.